The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Digital marketing, that's the phrase of the day. Your increasingly digitally smart customers expect more from your website than just being able to buy something. Yes, times have changed. What do they want? They're demanding a relevant, personalized browsing experience with new product discovery, tell me more, tell me more, research, tell me why and how, price comparisons, tell me how much I should and shouldn't spend, and feedback exchange. They want to let you know what they're thinking. But if your company is just going through the motions of good old e-commerce the way you think it might be, you're going to lose their attention fast. I have three experts today who can help you get there. Let's talk to, well, let's hear from, in a moment, my three guests. We're going to give you the quotes they sent me so you can know what their point of view is. Glenn Conrad said to me, Bonnie, companies need to start incorporating contextualized content into the e-commerce experience to leverage the Internet as a dynamic and profitable sales market and service channel. That's a mouthful from Glenn. We'll be hearing from him in just a moment. Great words of advice. Scott Lewer says, I love this quote, Scott, big data is the Lady Gaga of digital marketing. All you Lady Gaga fans, take your gloves off and stop hitting him. He says, all hype, no substance, fighting words for Lady Gaga. We'll hear from Scott in just a moment. And Jamie Anderson, who sounds just like Craig Ferguson, my favorite stand-up, says, e-commerce is dead. Long live distributed commerce. Jamie says he loves this quote. He read it in a blog on e-consultancy, and he's dying to tell us all about it. He says, engaging and selling to today's digitally savvy customer is a lot more challenging than just having a website and saying, here we are, we're open for business. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Delighted to have you on board today, and you can tell we've got three great guests, very strong points of view, and we're going to tell you everything you need to know about taking your e-commerce and moving it in the right direction for the future of your company. Let me tell you a little bit about my guests. They'll say hello briefly, and then we'll dive into their quotes. Glenn Conrad is the VP of Global Marketing and North America at Core Media. He's responsible for global marketing and the North America business. Previously, he held management positions, get this roster, Microsoft, Computer Associates, Sterling Software, System Fabric, and Gentia Software. Welcome, Glenn. How are you today? Very well. Thanks so much for having me on, Bonnie. Pleasure, and you are loud and clear. I think you're sitting next to me here in New York, Glenn. Great connection. And now let's turn to our second guest, Scott Lewer. Scott is president and principal analyst at the Digital Clarity Group. If you want to be an insider, just say DCG. It's a research and advisory firm focused on helping leaders navigate digital transformation. So we're going to be talking about. He's also the elected president of the Content Management Professionals Association. Sounds very important to me. How are you today, Scott? 
I'm great, Bonnie. Thanks. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for joining me. And uh, I, I'm going to also welcome our third guest, Mike Craig Anderson, sound alike. Jamie Anderson is director of Glo- Craig Anderson, Craig Ferguson. Jamie Anderson is director of Global Solutions Marketing within SAP's customer LOB solutions area. His focus is on CRM, e-commerce, and multi-channel solutions delivery. And Jamie dubs himself as somewhat of a CRM veteran. And he's going to have to tell me what that is later. Jamie Anderson, welcome to Coffee Break Radio. How are you? Um, great, Bonnie. Thank you very much for having me. I'm not sure I sound like Craig anymore because he's been a little Americanized. <laughs> they wouldn't make me saying that, I'm sure. When he goes into his official Craig mode, just like you, I swear, we're going to get you a job <laughs> as an impersonator. So let's go back into my opening and let's start deep diving into the quotes. Glenn Conrad, companies need to start incorporating contextualized content into the e-commerce experience. What is the definition of contextualized content, Glenn, and how do they do it? Just give us about a two-minute overview so people will know what you're going to be telling us today. Thanks, Bonnie. Well, context uh, involves the use of knowledge of a consumer, whether that's location, time of day, a search term, past behavior, or even predicted activity to personalize, tailor, and enrich an online experience. I mean, if you look today at businesses on on websites, um, and many of them seem to have activities that are disconnected from other available channels. We've entered the age of the the customer leaving behind the age of information where those who controlled the flow of information dominated. Customers now control the buying process. They are empowered and they have high expectations, more choices available to them and they have no qualms about trashing your brand if you come up short. Most organizations are realizing that they can no longer compete on product features alone, especially in an environment that's becoming increasingly complex, competitive, and it's always changing. I think the key to achieving a profitable, sustainable, competitive advantage today is now focused on the quality of your customer interactions, not just your product uh, um, pieces and, and attributes. All your customer interactions, delivering the right content in the right context at those moments of truth is the glue that ensures success. Um, I recently found this, this article, uh, quote from Forrester from August mm-hmm. 2012, which I think, think says it much better than I could ever, that the future of e-commerce is not as a standalone channel, but as one of many channels working together with shared content and capabilities and being delivered in context to the customer to maximize business opportunities and support relevant and actionable experiences. Um, if, you, if you've gone into uh, um, a mode of perhaps purchasing a, an electronic device, a laptop or cell phone or anything else similar, um, if you look at the process by which you actually got to make that decision, you first uh, perhaps got a, became aware of it reading through a catalog on a plane or a friend had one that showed it to you. You then went online and you did some search to try and get a better understanding of the capabilities then perhaps you visit to the local retailer to see a new model, and then back on the Internet to look through customer re- reviews. Then you came to your moment of decision, and you opted to click and collect. Today, when we're looking at the e-commerce uh, environment, e-commerce is not a destination website. Um, it just won't cut it with empowered consumers. Every moment of truth has to be met with relevant and contextual content to engage increasing awareness influence, trust, and participate. Uh, participation, when done right, 
in the context of the buyer's journey and ensure that you'll never let go. When neglected, then your competitor is only a few clicks away. Hopefully Thank that's you. helpful, Bonnie. Thank you, Glenn. That's very, very helpful. Good point of view. And, and the key word you mentioned to me, two key words. One is the empowered consumer, and we'll talk later about how social, social media has empowered them. And the other thing you said is moments of truth. And we all know the word moments. As I'm speaking this sentence, many, many, many moments have happened. So that means companies need to be on their toes, on their app, on their mouse, on their channel, all the time thinking and putting it all together. Sounds like a lot of work to me. Let's turn to Scott. That that's a big thing you said about Lady Gaga. Big data is the Lady Gaga of digital marketing. All hype, no substance. I hope we don't have any Gaga fans here. Scott, how dare you? Talk to me. <laughs> <clears throat> um, can't say I love her, so if she doesn't like me because of that, then I'm really sorry. I'm, maybe she'll, I don't know, throw some blood at my doorstep or something. But, um, no, I think it, it, it's all about, to me, look, I, I hear Glenn's point about context. Now, there's no way that I'd ever argue something like that, but I think sometimes we can go a little bit too far when trying to understand um, the position of the individual uh, the individual consumer or business or whoever it is that we're trying to market to. And my point about big data is not that it's invalid. <clears throat> mm-hmm. The notion of even what big data is, let's, I guess quickly we should, I should define that as Please, just yes. when you reach a point where there's just so, so much data, we're talking about exabytes of information typically that's out there and available in the universe, likely not within your organization but out and available to you publicly, how you can kind of – it's when it's so large that you can't even use your typical uh, relational databases to be able to access it and mine it and pull through it, that you actually have to have specialized tools and things that I think IDC is saying that the um, you know big data universe is going to grow from about $3 billion to $16 billion over the next few years. And I, I just think that's an awful lot of spend for an awful lot of information to mine that we can't even make use today of Google. Analytics as marketers, um, you know, if you talk to the average marketer and how much they make use of data today, um, you know, it's very typically it's they're going by gut instinct as it is. So to say, hey, let's provide them with tons and tons of data, um, I think it's a little bit far fetched to say that now suddenly we're becoming going to become so analytical that we have to, you know, multiply uh, the information at our hands and put it at our fingertips in order to be able to make decisions. So. <clears throat> While I completely agree that it's all about relevance and all about putting things into the context of the consumer, I think we have an awful lot of information to mine today, and we don't need to be worrying about finding needles in a haystack, uh, and that sampling is an extremely relevant proposition. When you're looking for terrorists and you've got to mine a bunch of data to go find Osama <laughs> bin Laden and his location, sure, big data is very relevant. When I'm trying to sell to some consumer, I don't know that I have to care about it so much. Interesting, interesting. Well, you know something? Live radio is great with some controversy, and I think you just put that into the formula for today's show. Thank you, Scott, and I'm sure Jamie will have something to say. After we talked to Jamie about his quote, he told me he read this in a blog on e-consultancy. Quote, e-commerce is dead. Long live distributed commerce. Jamie Anderson, talk to me about that. We have about two and a half minutes till the break. It's yours. Go ahead. Okay, thanks, Bonnie. Well, listen, I'm not going to get drawn into the Lady Gaga debate, and I think having Lady Gaga <laughs> and Osama bin Laden, you know, like, you know, thrown in very, very early on, definitely talk to me about a radio show that's going to court controversy. So I'm, I'm, I'm digging that already. But I have to say, when I, when I thought about that, that comment, you know, e-commerce is dead, long-lived distributed commerce, 
it kind of underlined, I feel, the way that you know everything is going in the market now. We've got these digitally savvy mobile consumers who are basically using things like Best Buy as Amazon's showroom. So they're actually going into these places. They're looking at the offers that Best Buy can, you know, can kind of put together. They're getting, mm-hmm. you know, advice from the people in the stores. But you know what? They're still going and finding another place to source and buy that product. And I think that, you know, to succeed, you know, as a, as a retailer now, kind of across that landscape, I think you need to be consistent in your processes. You need to be consistent in your pricing and your whole approach to commerce. So it's about more than just e-commerce now. And I think the, the guys that, you know, really, you know, kind of tap into that and can combine, you know, a kind of true multi-channel capability are going to be the retailers, the traditional retailers that survive, you know, in this new kind of digital customer age. And I loved what, you know, Glenn said as well about customers controlling the buying process. I mean, no, no more so in the last two or three years has that been true. And when it, from a pure digital marketing perspective, I think we can truthfully say that the old marketing funnel is dead. I mean, the way in which people find your brand, you know, the first experience of your brand, you know, could be, well, more and more typically, it's going to be a mobile experience. I mean, we've heard people talk about the web as the hub of customer interaction. I think that, more and more, is becoming a, a truism. But I think then, you know, how people are interacting with brands through mobile devices as well is, is kind of adding another layer of complexity onto that. So I think a kind of holistic model that, that takes into account all these things is definitely the way forward when we're talking about next-generation customer experiences. Thank you, Jamie. Just quickly before we go to break, define for us, please, distributed commerce. What exactly is that in one or two sentences? Distributed commerce is commerce across all customer touch points. So basically it's about more than just your web. It's your storefront. You know, it's via, it's commerce via the phone. It's everywhere that ultimately you're going to touch a customer. Okay, thank you. And I'm thinking, Jamie, that that encompasses the people who are not now and may never be those mobile social customers, perhaps, and, and forgive me for this, some in the older generation who simply don't want to carry an iPhone. They couldn't begin to fathom an iPad. And they're happy going into the storefront. They love going to the mall. They want Absolutely. to be there. They're not, right? So, so you can't, you can't disengage or refuse to do business with the person who wants a salesperson eyeball to eyeball, handshake to handshake, and here's my credit card and here's the actual cash register and you're going to swipe my card and give me a paper receipt. That is still part of the buying cycle and we can't get away from that. I know it doesn't sound sexy and savvy, but I believe what you're saying with distributed commerce means we're taking it a holistic on the whole range of customers from the <laughs> from the masses who don't want to go there to the masses who are already there and everybody in between. On that note, I'm going to tell you that we're ready for our first break. Today's topic is the future of digital marketing now, and that's why you're listening to us today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. My esteemed guests are Glenn Conrad, Scott Lewer, Jamie Anderson. When we come back, we're going to find out what these three guys are drinking in their coffee cups today. It could be a mystery. I don't know if it has anything to do with Lady Gaga, Scott, but we'll find out. Brad, (laughs) take us away. (laughs) When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Is marketing making us ill? And if it is, how can we heal humanity and the planet by changing the way we sell? This is Lynn Serafin inviting you to join me and a great lineup of thought leaders in business, media, and marketing on The Seven Graces of Marketing, Mondays at 6 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. So let the dialogue begin. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We have to tell him to stop saying pound sign and hashtag because that's redundant, but that's in the canned intro. I gave that to them. Okay, it's time for Coffee Break. I'm Bonnie, and we're here with Glenn, Scott, and Jamie, all on a first-name basis. We're going to start out with what are you drinking today that's fueling this wonderful conversation? Glenn Conrad, first of all, where are you calling from today? Bonnie, I'm calling from San Francisco, and if you'd asked me uh, two days ago, um, I was vacationing in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and I definitely would have had a different answer for you than this morning. But okay, today, well, um, I'm yes. paying homage to Jamie's Kingdom with England's number one key, PG Tips. Um, the tagline is, enjoy a special moment every day. Well, there's our moments word. We were talking about moments of truth before, so that's absolutely appropriate. Thank you. And do you brew it a certain way, Glenn? I am. Um, don't brew it as long as I should do, so I just wait until it gets a little bit dark and then um, some milk and um, some sugar and there I go. There you go. I have one question. Do you squeeze the bag? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, no no comment. Scott Lewer, what are you drinking today, Scott? Listen, like I say, I brought up Lady Gaga and Osama Bin Laden. You don't want me on anything stronger than coffee, that's for sure. Um <laughs> 
So I've actually already had my morning cup of joe, and I'm now moved on to water. But it's Nestle's water, and given that I'm on a diet now, I'm on my second week of a diet, and I feel like I'm starving. Just having anything by Nestle (laughs) makes me feel better. So uh, it's water, but it's Nestle's branded water. So Well, that sounds very enriching and very delicious, and I'm happy for you, and good luck with the diet. Jamie Anderson, my friend, what are you drinking today? Wow, right, okay. I'm kind of laughing at the Nestle branded water thing, because as you know, in Scotland, we really don't have a problem with water. You know, as they say, Scotland didn't get green by accident. Um, so you can tell where I'm, where I'm calling from today. Um, yeah, and also, if I'm going to pick, I'm going to take an issue here with Glenn, actually, um, talking about my kingdom. Okay, and, uh, and versus England. <laughs> yeah, and that English tea. Uh, honestly, nothing English ever passes my lips, and if it, if it did, it would probably be Kira Knightley, um, if that was at all possible. So today, today I'm drinking green tea. I think this is um, a movie star channel. I'm completely, I'm completely changing the game, guys. You know, none of this coffee and water nonsense. Green tea, that's what it green is today. Tea. And you're so proud of it, you even tweeted it. Thank you very much. We've got it here on Hashtag SAP Radio. And we have a comment here from Malcolm. Well, Malcolm is is here because he's my co-producer and he's wonderful. And he's drinking his Dripped Brew Equator Coffee TK Espresso. And he says, yes, espresso. He says, yes, you can drip espresso. Well, that's news to me. I don't drink it anyway. But thank you, Malcolm, for that. Now, let's dive into our topic for today, which is the future of digital marketing now. I'm going to ask Glenn Conrad to kick this off. And Glenn, you told me before the show there was a growing disconnect, which says to me red flags and red exclamation points and danger for somebody. And you say between the current online customer experiences versus the consumer expectations. So Who are the consumers with the expectations and why are they different from the experiences? We'll start there and then we'll jump in. Go ahead, Glenn. Well, I think the background is that, um, you know, technology has evolved primarily primarily around transactional systems and uh, all about kind of capturing data, but not a lot about engaging with consumers. And so as we look to people going online more and more, um, as they do, they encounter different kind of experiences obviously the best experiences become the standard um, and a lot of the experiences that they have are not on corporate sites in terms of the positive ones so there's a growing expectation that as they go online they're expecting to be able to uh, fulfill more of the goals than they did before I mean you started off with basic websites that just were brochureware that gave directions to a store or gave some information about the company and, and, and maybe products. But then obviously that's evolved. But just simply going online with a big disconnect between all of your goals um, that you could possibly accomplish online and also not connected to the offline environment is, is becoming frustrating. Just an example that I had was I purchased an um, iPhone for my boss uh, for, for when he traveled to the U.S. And when I got to Germany uh, with a phone, his uh, personal assistant requested that I get an invoice. I then went online onto a chat environment and re- mm-hmm. said up front, this is who I am, this is what I want. Is it possible for you to provide me with this information? I went through about 10 minutes of questioning and Ooh. giving lots of data, and the person turned around to me and said, no, you'll have to call um, the branch in, in the U.S. 
And so you see that provides a huge disconnect, a lot of frustration, and people are looking for alternatives. And it provides a huge opportunity for people to excel and to differentiate themselves. Because each of those moments can be moments to uh, take a person on to the next step of either advocacy or purchasing additional products or just simply purchasing their first product. Glenn, I'm hearing an ouch, not just a disconnect. I'm hearing an OMG, and I bet Scott and Jamie were as well, because that simply should not happen, and we know what company you're probably talking about, I'm thinking, and that just goes anti to everything they stand for in terms of customer service. Terribly painful, terribly unnecessary, and expectations. Would you would you ever go through these people again? Would you? And let me take this one step further before I bring Scott into this, because, Scott, your company is Digital Clarity Group, so I want to talk about the clarity part of this. But... Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn, would you use social media to talk about this disappointing experience? Would you be one of those people to take that brand into your own digital hand and say, hey, look what happened to me. Anybody else been equally disappointed, Glenn, fast? Well, um, although I didn't use social media in that specific uh, case, I was communicating that experience to a lot of people. So in that Mm -hmm. process, you know, people are... You know, that sort of communication is obviously affecting the, the, the brand um, that I was speaking about. And, Absolutely. Um, but, yes, you know, certainly social media is a place to, you know, vent your feelings, although it, it seems a lot more people are actually commenting positively and also sharing advice rather than just uh, a trashing brands online. So here's a great opportunity for, for organizations to be responsive and use those positive comments as a, a means by which they can grow uh, their customer conversions. Exactly. And Scott, I want you to add on to this, please. We talk about, you talk about big data and it might not be the big data where these nuggets of, of wealth of information on what customers really want are hidden. In this case, can you jump into this scenario and, and talk about how this could be mined better without having to go into terabytes worth of data to find it? I, I think this proves my point. And first of all, I'd like to say, mm-hmm. who the heck needs social media when you have SAP radio, right? Glenn, I think you just told about 20,000 people. Um, 25. It's certainly bigger than my social media voice. I don't know about you. but uh, You're a dear. You know, You're a dear. I, I think this proves the point, is that they have an awful lot of information that they're not putting to use today, right? There's a, There's a lot of information that we have both on... Uh, you know, for an individual user in terms of the past purchases that they made from, you know, from those folks. I mean, take an example like Jamie brought up where he talked about Best Buy versus Amazon. And I don't necessarily mean to segue back over to you, Jamie, although use this if you want to. But, you know, the thing there is somebody like a Best Buy, they can create a differentiator from an Amazon, which is which is not necessarily based on price because they've got an awful lot of information on what you – or they could – put together an awful lot of information about what you as a consumer have purchased before. When you go to go buy a new Wi-Fi router, how about telling me that my XYZ device that I bought from them three months ago will no longer work if I upgrade or something like that that's a, you know, a piece of information that makes it worth my while to consolidate my purchases through one organization and not necessarily just go based on the extra $5 that I might save on Amazon. Right? So we have a lot of information that we can make 
those buying experiences and those moments of truth, as, as Glenn talks about, very worthwhile, very specific and very relevant to the user, as well as we could talk about marketing and pitching to, to you know, other folks based on information that we have from our existing buyers and from our, our interactions today. And obviously, as Glenn talks about, we're not putting that to use today. So let's go grab way more data, a whole lot of it, and buy all sorts of new tools and implement them and figure out again how not to put that to use. That just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Okay, I'm going to take what you said. I'm going to go back to our intro where we talked about contextualized. I'm going to ask Jamie Anderson to speak to the point of the importance of context. Are you relevant? Is a retailer relevant in their online interactions? But here's the key, Jamie. Do they know the difference between when to sell and when to help? And I think that's what Scott was just talking about. When do you give helpful information? It's not just, hey, you need to do this, but did you know that X, Y, Z, your devices won't work together or they'll be obsolete? Whatever. Jamie, what do you think? Context. It's, it's is that what really what we're talking about? The biggest thing here. Well, I think I think it is, but I think we've got to put it. I think we've got to set that you know in a bit of context as well, because if we go back to Glenn Glenn's problem, what he had was you know he ultimately had a you know some kind of service issue, so he was looking for help. And I think what we're actually seeing is you know I, I think one one token of kind of multi-channel or one area is to join up your multi-channel sales capability. But if that, you know, to both Glenn and to Scott's points, is not actually backed up with a multi-channel service and a multi-channel marketing capability to then, you know, mine the relevant information for the customer in real time to make a, a, you know, a contextual offer or to advise them appropriately about, you know, the, you know, whether their whether their products, you know, or previous purchases are going to be obsolete or not, talks to this whole this holistic idea of the multi-channel customer experience. And yes, it does have to be relevant, so context is massively important. And people like, you know, people like Best Buy, for example, you know, the, the, their, their actual stores and their physical presence could be, you know, a, a key differentiator for, differentiator for them against the online-only stores because they can mix up whole, a whole host of additional services on top of that which can really differentiate them as a brand. So. I mean, it's more than just multi-channel commerce. It's, as I said, it's that multi-channel service and that multi-channel marketing capability that all has to crucially be connected. And I think what we find is that many organizations have implemented entirely different platforms for marketing, for mining big data, for service, for service in the call center, for service online. And it doesn't speak at all to the core, you know, um, the core customer experience layer or the, the, the CRM systems or the ERP systems that are driving the interactions and the transactions in many cases. Thank you, Jamie. And you know what? You took us up to the break very beautifully. When we come back, I want to flip the whole conversation around. Let's stop talking about the customer. Let's start talking about the organizations who are creating these experiences. We're going to start off with Scott when we come back talking about is it time for the CMO chief marketing officer to pull up a chair at the executive table and what kinds of digital experience should the CMO be involved in? What should they own? And how can their DNA and their team's DNA help make this better for the company and the customer? Customer. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, here we are. We're going to kick off this segment with Scott Lewer from the Digital Clarity Group. Love the word clarity in that business name, Scott, by the way. And Scott says, the renewed emphasis on customer experience is going to finally allow the CMO to pull up a chair at the executive table. CX is being defined more and more by the digital aspects of a company's presence and interactions. Since the CMO usually owns the online real estate, their clout will continue to grow. More and more customer interactions will fall in their laps. Thanks for that great information, Scott. Talk to me now. Let's bring this to life. Sure. And and, and by the way, I think you know you, you point out the, the clarity in, in DCG, and that's the point is that it's about pragmatism. I think we need to have some real world, how can you really change what you're doing to affect the situation and something like big data that we started with is something I think it's way out there. I think where it comes down to being clear, let's talk about pragmatism. And I think mm-hmm. in all three of the points that, that Jamie and Glenn and I have raised here, what we really are talking about is the notion that the future of marketing is really blending, uh, you know, in in Glenn's case, the notion of customer service, or we've called customer experience, and marketing. Mm-hmm. I think what what this does is that look. Let's be real. The CMO, oftentimes, and I hope I don't insult the CMOs in the room. If you didn't know it, it was. Uh, you know, this is the case, is that, you know, they were viewed as the fuzzy guys. They were the kind of ideas guys, but they couldn't necessarily prove ROI on anything they were doing, and it was just kind of a feel-good role. And now, because they own these online channels and because of the relevance of the online channel in general and that so much is moving in that way, um, that everything is digital, so many of our experiences as customers now are digital experience. And so therefore, owning that channel means you own the customer experience. It's not just about marketing to some future potential buyer and trying to fill the top of the funnel, but it's about you've become the gateway to folks like Glenn's 
perception of your company, your brand, your experience, and, and we do have ways to push out on social media or SAP radio our, you know, our experiences and sharing them with the world. So um, I think the CMO starts to become much more at the helm now where they actually are owning not only marketing on the top of the sales funnel that may not be provable, but actually experiences of our, of our customers. Okay, the DNA of the CMO. I'll let you start with it, Scott, and then I want uh, Glenn and Jamie to jump in on this, please. This, the DNA, who is this person? Are they the one who's been sitting in that CMO chair with the letter CMO on their door or on their business card or on their laptop embossing, you know, customization thing or on their on their cufflinks? Are, are they somebody who's been around a long time? Do they have to be brand new to the game and cut their teeth on the cutting edge of digital commerce and, and right out of MBA school? Who is this CMO who's going to be able to pull this together and own that real estate? Scott? Yeah, I think if you're not some of those things that you described now, you're going to be looking for a job soon. You'll have a hard time finding one. I think the the role of a CMO is changing. I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they certainly, there's a lot of talk about them needing to be able to be more data minded, right? That they're, that while I say data minded, I I fully agree with the notion of making decisions based on data that we have a lot of it that we have to figure out ways to interpret because there is so much more of it available and we can make some smart decisions on it. I'm just saying don't go get a whole bunch much more. Um, you've got plenty at your fingertips, but they do need to be more data-minded. Um, they, you know, you, I think the old profile was they were the, is it right brain? I always confuse what's left and what's right, but they were the right brain thinkers, the kind of artsy-fartsy guys who, you know, were able to think through some campaign. It was all about branding and, and, and ads. Um, that's not the CMO anymore, I don't think. I think they have to be te- more technically-minded. I think they have to be more data-minded. I think they're being asked to prove an ROI and to show um, what it is they're doing, and now they're certainly more experience-minded, so it's not just about being focused on prospects, but it's being focused on actual customers, which is something that um, I'm not sure they've always had to do. Okay, Glenn Conrad from Core Media. Join this conversation, and what's your point of view on the DNA of today's CMO, who's not only going to succeed in his job and make the board of directors happy in the bottom line, but is going to be a hero for the company in terms of moving out of, as Jamie said, e-commerce is dead, distributed commerce. Who is this person, man, woman, child, male, female, uh, pedigree, education? Can you give us a profile? Well, let me start by uh, just uh, referencing a Harvard Business Review blog that created a lot of interest and certainly probably uh, a lot of controversy. Um, the actual statement uh, is that marketing is dead, and that's uh, one of the reasons the CEOs have lost all patience. And, and it referenced a, a devastating 2011 study um, of 600 CEOs and decision makers by the London-based Pornay's marketing group, 73% of them said that CMOs lack business credibility and the ability to generate sufficient business growth. 72% are tired of being asked for money without explaining how it will generate increased business. And 77% have had it with all the talk about brand equity that can't be linked to actual firm equity or any other recognized financial metric. So that's a very, very strong sort of statement that has... I should in a lot of controversy. I don't agree with that, but it, it does signal the, the importance of uh, showing value to the business to, to actually support uh, um, generating a, a shareholder value um, from a marketing perspective. I do think that uh, digital is accelerating the focus on integrating integrated multi-channel marketing 
and CMOs are best positioned really at that uh, point to actually drive the change within organizations. So I feel that uh, it does require um, agility. Um, for some folk, that might be difficult, but I've seen one particular example where um, MTV, as an owner of an incredible uh, audience, partnered with a very, very um, kind of old-time uh, traditional marketing organization in Dr. Pepper, and they uh, found a product and brought it to market using the strengths of MTV's creative team and uh, obviously audience to take a product that was basically dead, only, only available mm-hmm. in uh, uh, Virginia, and actually bring it to the market as a very successful p- product. So I think that there's lots of opportunity for those who, even in the traditional marketing role, to adapt and um, kind of begin to move towards where, where the experience is broader than just what the traditional marketing um, sort of experience is. Thank you, Glenn. Jamie, let's get you in on this conversation. Can you contribute to our my question about the DNA or the pedigree or the creds of the CMO today? Who is he or she? Does it matter their gender and age? Talk to me. Mm. Well, I was going to say that that opens up a, um, a, a whole number of other topics as well when we start to talk about gender because actually I would like to see a hell of a lot more women in senior positions in organizations. Um, and Bonnie, I was going to say a classic example of that because you are multitasking right now, sending out tweets, hosting a radio show, and I think <laughs> women are just fantastic at that, at the kind of multitasking that, that you know, men struggle a bit with. Can you, can, you, can you lure the host like that over to your side? So can I get a chance to restate my answer? That's not fair. I am, I am right. better than me with that accent. Hey, guys. And now you're, you know, kissing up to the host. <laughs> I, I, I love you all equally. Continue, Jamie. No favoritism. Go ahead, Jamie. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, anyway, I was going to say, on, on, but I was going to say, I mean, there's a there's a kind of diff, a, a, a deeper requirement here, I think, on the on the CMO side. I would actually like, or I would expect, the DNA of the kind of modern CMO to also have, you know, been in sales, and you know, and also maybe understand the service aspects of the business. I mean, I, I sometimes present along the topic that customer service is fast becoming the new marketing. You know, and this has been driven by that whole kind of social media craze of, you know, kind of dissing brands when they do you down. And also, you know, really, you know, really kind of becoming a brand advocate when you see things going well. So if your business, I think, first of all, at the very top of the business, they have to believe in customer experience. If they believe in customer experience as a differentiator and they stand behind it and they have a CMO who understands Every point at which the customer will interact with the business will have an impact on how the brand is perceived. Then I think you actually get to a point where the CMO can add some pretty significant value because all the time they'll be taking a temperature check. You know, look, you know, Scott talked about that kind of big data. There's an ability there with all that big data to really understand in real time, you know, um, what people are doing, how they feel about the brand. You need to be able to make mid-flight adjustments to campaigns. You need the agility that Glenn spoke about also to really be the consummate CMO for this new digital world. And those are the type of things I would I would expect to see in marketing leaders going forward, an appreciation of all parts of their business. Okay, very interesting. Um, 
do the CMOs you know of today, are they equipped to do this? Do they need retraining or retrofitting? I'm going to open this up quickly. We have two minutes before the break. So let's start with Glenn. Are, are most of the CMOs you've encountered today, whether through research or personal meetings or reading about them, whatever, are they doing this job? Are they ready to go to make this leap of faith from e-commerce to distributed commerce and do it the best possible way for the benefit of their company's bottom line? Yes, no, and why? I, th- I think that it's in process, but there's a long way to go, simply because, um, you know, like most organizational, you know, change, you know, there has to be some point at which, you know, uh, you know a change is required, a point at which it's mm-hmm. desired. Um, I, I talk for myself and in my team and skilling up my team in the last two years, I've seen a radical change in the way that my team has to operate. It, it brings them closer and closer to technologies that they're unfamiliar with. So if mm-hmm. I look at equipping myself and, you know, looking at uh, CMOs out there today, they, they uh, you know, have to get onto a fast track to be able to be equipped to, 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 uh, to accommodate, accommodate this change. I do think uh, what Jamie said about those who have experience closer to, you know, the customer service, are better equipped because I think that at the end of the day, in the age of the customer, those who understand and interact with customers are best equipped to to respond. But it does require CMOs to reskill and also to be able to sell marketing again to the executive team and to boards. Um, There's a lot of um, belief out there that marketing folk are the people to put together the pretty brochures pitch up at um, uh, events and have nice booths and hand out giveaways. Um, that's how people perceive marketing. But if you look at the movement towards persona-based mo- marketing, identifying specific personas, serving up content to those, and looking at the customer journey, these are very, very new concepts that have come out, you know, reflective of the offline world, but now... Uh, and putting it in place on the online is a whole bigger challenge. Thank you, Glenn. I'm going to stop you there because we're up at our break point. Thanks for taking me there. When we come back, we're going to do the crystal ball segment. That means I'm going to ask all three guests the same question. And, Jamie and Scott, I want you to add in, if you will, in your crystal ball segment, a little bit about what's, what Glenn just answered, which is are today's CMOs ready, set, go, or how much retrofitting do they need? We're going to talk about gazing into your crystal ball and predicting what digital marketing will look like in 2017. Ready, set, go. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee break with game changes we'll be back in one minute brad out the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are, and this is where we are. We're talking about Crystal Ball. We're in today is actually, let's see, it's August 22nd, 2012. This is episode number 46 live of Coffee Break with Game Changers. Woohoo! I don't think it's a silver or gold anniversary, but it's still a big deal for us. Okay, now we're going to look ahead. We're going to take that leap of faith. So let's start with Glenn Conrad from Core Media. Glenn, what do you see ahead Five years from today, digital marketing. I'm going to give you a minute and a half. Go. Um, Bonnie, I'm a, I'm a little bit hesitant to put my head on the block. Uh, I keep a document of a few of the statements technology leaders wish they had never said. And, and my top two are the one is from the chairman of IBM in 1943, Thomas Watson, who said, mm-hmm. I think there is a world market for maybe five computers. And then Ken Olson, the founder of DEC, in 1977, said there's no reason why anyone would want a computer in their home. So um, <laughs> if I can, I'd rather stick to a, a few uh, key statements. And Sure. Uh, the one is uh, for consumers, it's going to get better. It's going to continue to get better and better. Consumers um, are in for a good time, uh, and, and their needs are going to be met in, in deeper ways online. And uh, beyond, uh, also in the offline environment, in de- engaging with customers online requires companies to pursue a deep understanding of their customers' motivations, the opinions and attitude, attitudes, and um, who doesn't like to be listened to. Um, that will result in you know, positive actions and behavior. Agile companies that harness that knowledge and engage in a dialogue um, will obviously you know, they'll be resulting better and cheaper products and customers will be uh, rewarded um, and also companies will be rewarded with advocates. Um, for marketers, I think that this is our moment. Uh, measuring the impact of, of the interactions of our audiences online and being able to optimize this engagement across the, the complete customer journey and across all touch points has never been easier. Uh, almost all components of our lives today are becoming digitized in some form or for other. We live a digital footprint wherever we, we go. And if we're able to get the information into the right hands at the right time, you know, that's going to be pushed out across social networks. People are going to be passionate and share it with uh, more widely than most marketers and retailers ever thought possible. Um, the bad news is that if, if you're a laggard, somebody um, who looks back and sits and says, you know, let me see what happens, I believe you've already lost. The empowerment of the always connected consumers is more disruptive to business models than I think anything that has ever been experienced. If you're still hooked up into and focused on transactional systems rather than engagement systems, you're in danger. Um, You must be retooling your business, investing in the right technology platforms to deliver the right in, in engagement and investing in your people. So that's uh, rather than a crystal yes. ball gaziness where I 
few things going. Words to the wise. Thank you so much, Glenn. Let's turn to Scott Lewer from Digital Clarity Group. Scott, can you look ahead or you want to just add to the words of wisdom that Glenn shared with us? What's your No, choice? no, no, because I want to make my way into other people's quotes, and I don't mind being – as long as I'm quoted, I don't care if I'm quoted because I'm an idiot or if I'm quoted because I'm smart. So let's just take a stab at it. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think that um, – Look, and you also asked us to quickly chime in on the other point. I think yes. marketers definitely, uh, the good ones are realizing they probably didn't learn it in school, but they're realizing the notion of the empowered consumer and that, mm-hmm. that the sum of your brand is the experiences of all your customers. Um, and so I think they take that to another level. I think, you know, social and the power of the individual boy- voice just continues to grow and that we are more talking about, you know, Reconveying other people's stories about our brand than, than we are necessarily trying to interrupt the process and tell our own story. So this notion of shifting from this kind of old interruption marketing to actually providing some value and a, and a service to, to folks in order to put yourself as a subject matter expert and provide value out there continues um, to be harnessed and leveraged. And so we'll have a lot more, you know, we'll have a lot smarter consumers and we'll have a lot, um, I think, um, smarter brands. That said, um, just quickly, I think they will certainly, you know, the future of marketing is a heck of a lot more expensive because this stuff is not cheap. While technology mm-hmm. continues to get g- cheaper, it, uh, we continue to innovate. So, you know, I think five years ago, Facebook didn't even exist or it was really in its, in its infancy. Um, Zuckerberg still had pimples on his face. And so, you know, at, at, at this point, I think, you know, five years from now, who knows how many channels there are. I think the notion of mobile will be taken to a degree far beyond what it is today right now. It's just a smaller device, but we'll actually be able to tap into many of the capabilities of that ubiquity of the web. Um, certainly will be more digital uh, than anything. Um, and and I think probably folks will find ways to put da- big data to use. And I'm not backing off the, you know, my statement. I, I, I think we'll, you know, the pendulum always swings from one extreme to the other. Um, and that, you know, between computing power and all that other stuff, we will be able to harness that more and we will have to prove our ROI. So I, I think we'll just find a, a, a smarter marketer who's much more digitally minded from a native standpoint. So um, that's my uh, prediction. Thank you. And I have one quick question before we turn to Jamie Anderson. Scott, does everything we've been talking about in your uh, your humble opinion apply to B2B as marketing as well as retail? Or a really is that a whole- good point. It applies even more. So we we have to remember, I hear, uh, you know, we're going to see, also, by the way, we're going to see a whole lot of brands drop off the face of the earth, brands who just don't learn how to get it, that digital is really important right now. It's an afterthought. It's like, oh, how do I take this and also make it digital? Um, But, you know, the notion of also B2B is thinking that they're not selling to consumers. A B is composed of a whole bunch of Cs. We are all individually empowered, as Glenn talked about, our experiences, our, you know, our expectations are completely raised. And yes. selling to other businesses is just selling to a whole bunch more consumers who have the same experience. By and oh, by the way, your employees are the same way. Uh, so, yes. absolutely, it's the same. It's just as important, if not more so. Thank you. One of my my pet peeves is we forget that it's just people out there. Okay, Jamie Anderson, I give you a minute and a half exactly on the clock. Crystal ball. You want to go five years out, twenty seventeen, or you want to keep it closer to home? Talk to me. Hey, no, let, let's just go five years out. You know, what the hell? I'm a, I'm a husband and a father, so I've no fear of being wrong because I'm, I'm told I'm often wrong. So um, <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, 
If I'm making a prediction, I think CMOs themselves will be naturally more digitally savvy. I think that's a given. I think they will have to be bearing in mind the way technology is going. I think technology will play a much, much more prevalent role in marketing, even more so, you know, than it does today. I think, you know, um, Scott talked about the, you know, the whole idea of, of big data and its role. I think that when you combine big data um, and real-time, you know, processing of big data, and you combine that with something like near-field communications technology, which I think by then will probably be embedded in practically every, you know, digital device, I think the opportunity for marketers will be supreme. I think the opportunity, you know, to, to really drive loyalty based on, you know, a customer's location, to drive them, you know, footfall to your store, you know, or whatever, or your brand in whatever way, shape, or form, I think will be immense. And I think that that, you know, that will be kind of defining in terms of the next layer of digital marketing and where it's going. Thank you, Jamie. And that takes us right up to the end. And it's time for me to do my predictions, and mine are very easy. I'm going to predict that tomorrow on In the Cloud with Game Changers right here on the Business Channel at 1 p.m. Pacific time, I'm going to be talking to a panel on Rogue IT, also known as Shadow IT, Part 2. We're taking off where we jumped off in May on Part 1. And next week on In the Cloud, we're going to be talking about B2B collaboration in the cloud beyond social networking. Next week right here on Coffee Break, August 29th, We'll talk about part two, the sweet and sour of getting investors, do's and don'ts of making the deal. We'll be talking to some angels, VCs, and recipients of their generosity, the money. Wednesday, September 5th, we're talking about mobility, RTE, right time experiences. Shout outs, Patricia Harris, Malcolm Kimberlin, Anka Rebel, and the Business Channel team. I've got 30 seconds to go. I want to thank Glenn, oh, Glenn Conrad. Media, thank you so much. A pleasure to meet you, and thanks for your sense of humor and your great insights. Scott Lewer from Digital Clarity Group, a pleasure. Loved your energy. And Jamie Anderson, what can I say? We just love you entirely, Jamie from SAP. Thanks, everybody, for <laughs> yeah. tweeting. Yeah, and here's, my, so here's my message. My message to all of our listeners, what are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for SAP Radio, Coffee Break with Game Changers. Talk to you tomorrow and in the cloud. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.